hello, hello. Kick off your shoes, get in your comfy chair, grab your drink of choice. You'll maybe want to leave the snacks for this week's table conversation. Well, welcome to the table. Thank you for being here and thank you for being here with me. I am Craig Story. So how are you? How are you doing this week? I hope you're all good and that you've had a lovely week. If you haven't though, and you're needing a moment of bliss, well, you're in for a treat today because there is a moment of bliss in this conversation. You're really going to enjoy that part of this week's episode. I know for certain that I'm going to enjoy reliving that moment all over again because this week we're talking about hypnosis and joining me at the table is Doug Sands. Now Doug is a hypnotist that specializes in weight loss but he does focus on the emotions behind weight gain. That's because he says by dealing with the stress, the anxiety and other toxic emotions before working on the weight loss he can help his clients achieve significant losses that they can keep off for good and there's so much more to this conversation. So here we go. So hi Doug, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for being here. Um, you're one of my first international guests, so just tell us where you are in the world. <laughs> I am located in um, I'm located in Utah. I'm just above Salt Lake City in a little town called Alta. Very nice. Absolutely, up <laughs> in the mountains there. Yeah, nice and peaceful, I guess. So, mm-hmm. I just said though that you're a hypnotist and you're you're passionate about using hypnosis to help other people. Where did this begin for you, and how did you end up becoming a hypnotist? It was kind of a long story. I I never really thought I was going to be a hypnotist. I actually went to college for creative writing. And um, I struggled in college with some mental health issues. I ended up uh, leaving college for a while and going to climb some mountains and really just kind of find myself. And it was on a hike that um, I got into a really sticky situation. I got lost in a blizzard and I came really close to kind of freezing to death. And through that, I discovered uh, that I couldn't keep living the way I was living, trying to just push down my anxiety and all of my mental stuff that I was working through. And so I discovered meditation, and through meditation, that led me to hypnosis. And I first started in hypnosis with anxiety relief, but uh, for a long time, my uh, my main coping mechanism was food. And so now what I do with uh, weight loss and anxiety is I pair the two of them together and really work with the emotional side of all of it. Sounds good. So we're, we're going to dive into all of that during this conversation. I'm sure uh, I've got loads of questions about weight loss because, again, it's something <laughs> I think it's something that we all um, use food as for different tools and different coping mechanisms, don't we? And we'll, we'll talk about Absolutely. that. I think it's just important to bring up as well that for many people, when they think of hypnosis or if they haven't experienced hypnosis before, they do think of those stage shows when you're on holidays and or TV programs where there's somebody dancing like a chicken without realizing they're doing it. But that, <laughs> yes. is, what is the difference? So there are two kind of sides of hypnosis. There's the stage show and then there's the therapeutic style of hypnosis. Uh, the stage show is really all about the gimmicks, the uh, what looks good on, on the stage and on the uh, on TV. But the actual therapeutic hypnosis is much more closely related to actual therapy. It brings in a lot of tools from psychology, and it brings in a lot of the, the frameworks of that healing change modality. And hypnosis, you know, I mentioned that link with meditation. Um, hypnosis actually has a lot going for it with the, the brainwave connections. It's actually quite similar to guided meditation. And so those who've experienced guided meditation often report that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I haven't um, experienced hypnosis, but I have used guided meditations before. So you're saying it's quite a similar sort of experience that you would you would go mm-hmm. down. And 
with that in mind, do you have to be face to face with a hypnotist? Do you need to be even in the same room as someone? You actually don't. There was a lot of hypnotists believed that um, about five or ten years ago. But with COVID, everyone went online and they were finding out, yeah, it's, you can absolutely do this over the phone or over Zoom. I do almost all of my work exclusively over Zoom now. Yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it, in the world that we live in? It's just, I guess, if you haven't experienced hypnosis, you might think, I'm, I'm going to have my mind controlled. I'm not going to come out of this <laughs> trance or whatever at the end of it if I haven't yeah. got somebody with me. It's, it's all those kind of thoughts, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So when um, you do, you went down this road and you decided or you, you chose and you ex- discovered hypnosis, I guess, that it was working for you in terms of your anxiety, what kind of training do you do? Is it, is it a, like a prescribed course that you have to do to become a hypnotist? There are quite a few courses that you can take to become a hypnotist. Um, unfortunately, there is not like a a centralized body of hypnosis uh, like there is for nurses and doctors that regulates it. There just aren't enough hypnotists out there yet. And so um, there are quite a few reputable schools and quite a few that aren't the best. So I did a lot of research. Um, I got my initial training. And the cool thing about hypnotists is that all of the hypnotists that I've met are constantly updating their craft. They're constantly getting additional training, constantly learning from other conferences. So I've trained with about four or five of the the major names in hypnosis at this point. Yeah, and I guess that is when you think about it, like we, you just mentioned doctors and nurses there, when you're using hypnosis as a, a form of therapy, you are going to be constantly learning new ways and finding new new information about how, it's how our brains work at the end of the day, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Um, you, you're specializing, like you said, when you when you first discovered it, it helped you with your anxiety, but now you're, you're specializing in weight loss. And like I said at the beginning here, weight gain and weight is an issue for many of us, isn't it? It is, yes. It's <laughs> our weight and our emotions are heavily tied. And so when I first started, I thought those two were completely separate areas, you know, anxiety and weight loss. But I was often bringing in tools from my anxiety relief to help my weight loss clients. And that's kind of where it led into what I'm doing now. Yeah, and I, I get it. I mean, even like we just talked about the COVID pandemic, it's like, uh, the, what was one of the first things I remember being, you know, one of the stay at home orders, and I decided I'm going to eat what I want, because I'm staying at home. And it's like, <laughs> it's like a rebellion against uh, and using <laughs> yep. food as um, a form of control over ourselves, isn't it? So yes, absolutely. So many things. So how does it work in our heads? And what is the link? Yeah, the link between meditation and hypnosis, it all comes down to the brain waves. Uh, Scientists and hypnotists have been teaming up for a while now. Uh, The the really rigorous study on hypnosis began in about the 1950s. And uh, from that, they've really dived into the brainwave patterns. And to to break down the science a little bit, uh, when we are in normal conversation, like you and I are in right now, we're in what we call beta frequency. And that's just our normal waking state. And when you're in solo meditation, your brain is actually speeding up. It's going higher than beta into what's called gamma frequency. So solo meditation and hypnosis don't really have that much in common. The link between the two is guided meditation, as I mentioned. In hypnosis, a person, a hypnotist, is bringing you from beta down to alpha, which is a light trance. And below that, we have theta frequency. And theta frequency is that frequency that hovers just above delta, which is when you're asleep. That's why it kind of looks like you're asleep in hypnosis. But uh, the link between meditation is that most guided meditations will get you down to that alpha 
uh, light state of trance. Uh, and some guided meditations will actually bring you all the way down into that theta state. And when we're in that theta state, that's when we're in that really creative mental state. If you've ever had a really good idea, uh, you know, right before you fell asleep and you had to get up and write it down, that's because your mind was passing through that theta state on its way to delta. And when we're in that theta state, we can really communicate with that unconscious mind, that part of us that stores those habits and programs and communicate in a way it understands. That makes perfect sense. I've had that happen to me so many times where I've um, woken up, <laughs> well, like just about to go to sleep. And I've got a notepad next to my bed where I think I've got to jot yep. that down or so I'm going to forget it. So that, that makes sense. And we can then we work the way back up those because then I, I start waking up a little bit more as, I, as I'm writing <laughs> the stuff and starting to plan <laughs> things out there. So yep. in that area where we've stored some of these habits or some of the, the subconscious of it, and that's where you, I guess, as a hypnotist will do your work in sort of rewriting the program a little almost i don't know a little bit yeah so the the unconscious mind speaks to us in images and in feelings before we were uh before we had language to really communicate with other people uh, images and feelings were all we had and so our unconscious mind stems from the brainstem really the oldest part of us and so it uses those old languages to communicate things if you've ever had like a, a gut feeling that something was wrong that was your unconscious mind picking up on things that you might not have been aware of and saying, hey, something's not right in this situation. So in hypnosis, we're often using things like visualizations and um, creating certain emotions to help people uh, communicate with the unconscious in a way it actually understands, essentially using its own language. Yeah, I, I get it. So it's because you do, you get those feelings, don't you? Even sometimes you can walk into a room and your stomach starts to feel almost or not just what you're, you're you, you get that gut feeling don't you about certain yes. things now do you do you believe that some things we inherit from like our families as well in terms of food is that is that the case yes absolutely it wasn't the case in my own situation it was only when i came back after living outside of the home for a while that i realized just how often my family was using food to deal with certain emotions and we pick up on those things when we are so young, so young that we don't even realize those programs are running. And we often have the, you know, the stereotype that all of our issues stem from childhood. And that's, that's not always true, but there is a big part of that. Because in that initial phase, you know, that age from zero to seven, we are just sponges soaking up all of our information. And oftentimes we see our parents or our family using food as a way to ignore difficult emotions. I often tell my clients that any emotion that causes you to eat when you're not even hungry is emotional eating, whether it's stress or boredom or loneliness. And so for my, in my case, it was often that people were bored, people were a little bit stressed out at work, and they would just have a cookie or eat dinner a little early and use food as a way to really not feel what they wanted, what they didn't want to feel in that situation. Yeah, it does mirror. It does mask it, doesn't it? Because it's just like it's another activity that you're doing, and it, I guess, <laughs> and once you've done it a couple of times and it works, it gets rid of that feeling. Then, is that that's the brain training that you were talking about, isn't it? We we program ourselves exactly. Yeah, the brain is, the brain learns very rapidly, um, and it, unfortunately, the brain doesn't always do what's best for us. The brain doesn't like to try new things, and so 
when it finds a solution that works to you know ignore those difficult emotions, it sticks with it 100% of the time. That's actually why we develop things like addictions, because even though the harmful substance isn't the best for us, our brain learned that if we take this substance, we are guaranteed to get this result. And so it sticks with that even when it's not the best for us. It's, it's like a computer algorithm, isn't it? <laughs> the way it works. It's like, that's where <laughs> algorithms come from. Um, another thing when we talk about food and something else when we're talking about brain training is something else that I'm guilty of, or I talk it in that language, but guilty of the, the reward. I do really well all week and I think, oh, do you know what? It's got to Saturday night. That's the end of the goal. And I'm like a dog giving myself a treat bag on a Saturday <laughs> night and ruin all of the, the calories and everything else that I've done throughout the week. And I think, oh, do you know what? I'll start again on Monday. Do you find that that's, that happens with a lot of people that you, you work with? I do. I had to kind of walk a fine line with this when I first got into this because uh, if you cut out that those treats, those foods that you really want to eat completely out of your life, that doesn't work either. You're creating that scarcity mindset where the next time you eat it, your brain is going to be like, I don't know when I'm going to be allowed to eat this again, so I better eat as much as possible of it. And so I often tell my clients, there's a reason that diets don't really work. I mean, once you're on the diet, you're constantly thinking, what am I going to eat when I'm off the diet? Or what am I, as you said, what am I going to reward myself with after this? And so I work with a lot of nutritionists as well to really build in a sustainable idea of nutrition, things that you can incorporate those treats in without having to, um, to build up to them or to binge on them when you actually do get to eat them. That sounds good. I like that because I, I it's something that I and it's so true. It's like it's just like hearing it and seeing it playing out in my own life because I do sit there and I, I eat a family sized bag of like chips as you call them. I'm sitting there eating yeah. eating away because I think, oh, do you know what I've done really well. Another thing that I do put off as well, and this may be interesting to well, I know it's gonna be interesting for me to hear, is that I always at the start of the pandemic I was a member of a gym and obviously all the gyms closed just probably like they did in the US as well so I cancelled the membership and I've been putting off rejoining the gym and like I'll do it next mm-hmm. month I'll do it halfway through and I just haven't done it so is it possible do you think to lose weight without exercise Oh absolutely I often tell my clients that uh, exercise is not required for losing weight I think that personally it's a really great way to you know build up that habit and improve your health. But personally, I only work out, you know, like 10 minutes every every other day or something. My exercise routine is very minimal now. And for a lot of my clients, they oftentimes they're older and they don't have that ability to uh, do the hardcore exercises that they used to do. And so they ask, you know, as you said, can you lose weight without exercise? And really what it comes down to, the most important part of losing weight is our diet. We simply cannot outrun our fork because there's no there's no exercise program that can burn off as much calories as we can take in. Our bodies are literally built to conserve calories because we we grew up in those times of lack, primarily speaking. And our bodies store extra foods as fat because we don't know psychologically when we're going to have access to the abundance that we the that we have all around us in these in this day and age. Yeah, because it's always available, isn't it? You can have, like, you can yeah. walk down the street, there's a machine or there's, there's snack bars. There's every, we can get food <laughs> 24-7 if you want it delivered to your door even, can't you now, with Uber Eats yeah. and things like that. Um, thinking of um, 
I was just thinking when we were talking about there about some of the the wrong foods or some of those those cravings as well. That can be a real difficult one, can't it? I can I can sit on my sofa and there could be ice cream in the freezer <laughs> that calls to me to come and get me. Why yeah. do you think we have cravings like that? Cravings are really interesting because part of it is that uh, we're seeking for that emotion. You know, talking about using food as a way to not feel something. I personally believe that we use food. Uh, Oftentimes when we are lonely or when we are bored, because food actually lights up the brain the same way as human touch does. This is why people who struggle with chronic loneliness, as a lot of us did with the pandemic, they often use food as a way to feel connected. And so that's part of the that's part of the issue with cravings is that our brain is actually getting that dopamine hit out of eating that food. And I think the other part of cravings comes down to uh, that idea that we really just need to build it into our our diet, our nutrition plan to say I can actually eat this after the after the meal and not feel guilty about it because I know I'm just going to eat until I'm satisfied and it's what I'm planning to do. Yeah, yeah, it's true, isn't it? And the guilt can then drive us down to just feeling bad about ourselves, mm. so we end up eating more, and it's like a, a never-ending <laughs> circle, isn't it, of eating stuff? Yes. Yes, I know for myself personally, I would I would eat and then I would punish myself by eating more, and that's a that's a pattern I see time and time again when working with this issue. Yeah, and I think this is going to resonate with so many people that are listening because people that I talk to in my friendship circle, people that I know, have had these kind of issues. And we're coming up to the holidays, and we just talked then about food and connection, and and you uh, food as a, a substitute for connection. But we have so many rituals around food, don't we? During the holidays, we've got the, the we mince do. pies and cakes, and yeah. And when we're eating those those foods that we only eat during the holidays, we do have those mental connections. I know for me personally, uh, there are Christmas dishes that we we only make at that time of the year, and so part of it is that scarcity mindset you know you only eat it once a year and so you want to have as much as possible of it but a lot of a lot of my clients they come in and they say i want to i want to limit how much i'm eating during the holidays but i don't want to get rid of those feel good feelings you know they're often in their 40s or 50s and maybe their parents have passed and they don't have that um that family christmas with those certain meals anymore and so hypnosis it's not about removing memories. It's not about doing any of that. It's oftentimes about simply changing our emotional impact with those memories and perhaps turning it down a little bit without actually removing that memory, that, that feel good feeling around that food. That's good to hear because especially like you say, some of those memories we, we do want to keep hold of, don't we? And maybe like mm -hmm. you said, when we're working on, um, or say you, you've worked on someone and they've, they've, they've got a better handle of their cravings or their better handle of their food, then the holidays is, is a time maybe to enjoy some of those things that um, remind us of Christmas and maybe like you say some some relatives that may have passed um, so it's not just the weight loss that's a benefit though is it when you start working through this kind of hypnosis and you're working with emotions and it can throw up a lot more benefits for people what what's kind of things other things can it help with this hip, this style of hypnosis yeah what for most of my clients they often remark that their stress levels have gone way down and that's that's really the core of the program of what I do. It I work with stress and anxiety, and I often tell that, I often tell clients who come in with some type of disordered eating or simply just to lose weight, that the the emotional eating that you're doing, 
it's it's a symptom, not a cause. We're oftentimes trying to directly remove that issue of emotional eating, but it's like trying to you know kill off a fruit tree by pulling off all the fruit off of it. It's just gonna grow back. Uh, oftentimes, when we take up that root of that anxiety, that's when the issue actually goes away pretty naturally on its own. And so people often remark that you know I don't feel stressed during rush hour traffic, or I can handle those stressful people at work, or if there are stresses during the holidays, I can handle those family dynamics a little bit better. That's probably the most common um, side effect, I guess you can say, of the hypnosis. Um, oftentimes, people remark that they have better confidence as well. That's partly because, you know, they're slimming down, they're feeling better in their body. But I also include some confidence building things into, into, the, into the end of the program, because people... Uh, oftentimes we do build up those issues of emotionally eating because we feel low self-esteem. And so building up that confidence is a really key part of making this last for life. Yeah, it's a, it sounds like a win-win all around because you, you naturally feel better about yourself when you're with, you lose a few pounds as well and you look in the mirror, clothes fit better and you, you do. Mm -hmm. And then if you're getting rid of the, or helping with stress and the anxieties around it as well, it's, it's just a win-win, isn't it? Absolutely. I often tell my clients that uh, problems hold hands with other problems, meaning that when you solve one thing, uh, other things tend to just naturally, either they're easier to solve or they tend to just go away on their own. And so when you create that positive change around your weight or anxiety, whatever it is, oftentimes you're creating that positive spiral and other things start to become easier to change in your life as well. It does, doesn't it? I, I know that. Yeah, I've heard that before. It's like when you bang the drum of the, the one thing that's going wrong, then everything else joins up to go wrong, doesn't it? But when you start fixing one thing, it's other things just naturally align or you feel better about doing them. I know, yeah, that works. Okay. So um, we've already mentioned that you do most of your um, consultations or your hypnosis through Zoom online. Not to put you on the spot, is there anything we can do right now that's just like a mini sample or something that we can just so someone would know what they would hear? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if if someone wants a more in-depth um, experience in hypnosis, I do have some free audios um, on my Instagram as well as on my actual um, website. But I'd love to just walk through a little bit of um, what a hypnosis experience would feel like. Um, it's going to be about like five minutes. Um, it's simply just going to be what we call an induction. And that means bringing, that, bringing a subject or a, a client down to that theta state and helping them get to that, um, that area where we can actually help them with hypnosis. Brilliant. Sounds good. And just, I will put all of the links to your Instagram. So if anybody wants to download the website, if anybody Perfect. does want to download something a bit more deeper. Great. All right, and I just want to notice, or I just want to note that anyone listening, um, if you're driving a car or operating any machinery, make sure you turn this off. Um, hypnosis, you know, you can't, I, there's no way to hypnotize someone who doesn't want to go into hypnosis, but just to cover ourselves legally. Yeah, to make sure. absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, so absolutely. So everyone listening, if you are in a comfortable place and you'd like to go into hypnosis and experience this and you're ready to begin, go ahead and just simply relax. If you're sitting, go ahead and sit back. If you're lying down, go ahead and lie back and just get comfortable. This is all about allowing yourself to really sink into that natural state of relaxation that you can already experience and may already have experienced. And as you notice any sensations, 
you can simply allow yourself to close your eyes, if you haven't already, and notice what you notice. Notice any sounds that you may hear. Notice any feelings that you may feel. Perhaps any sensations in your limbs, any sensations in the rest of your body. And as you do that, as you allow yourself to just simply relax, allow yourself now to imagine a staircase. However you picture this in your mind, that's perfectly fine. Whether you see it clearly or it's a little bit fuzzy, it's perfectly fine for you. And know that this staircase can help you to go deeper into hypnosis. Whether you call it hypnosis or trance or simply relaxing for this moment, you can allow yourself to double that relaxation with each step that you take. Starting with 10, taking that first step down onto that staircase, allowing yourself just to take this time on nine, sinking even deeper into that relaxation. And on eight, knowing that whatever you're thinking, whatever you're experiencing, is perfect for you because there's no one experience of hypnosis. We all experience it a little bit differently. Going down to seven, just double that relaxation again. That's right. Down to six, and then one more step down to five. And on five, you can do something interesting. If you'd like, you can imagine turning back to look at the top of that staircase. And there may or may not be someone standing there, someone that looks a lot like you. This may be the part of you that is observing all of this, perhaps wondering what's going on, wondering what's coming next. And if that person is there, you can invite them to join you now and they can come down the stairs as well. 10, nine, eight, seven, six, and they join you on five. And together, all the parts of your mind can go even deeper. That's right, stepping down to four and then to three just doubling that relaxation, and then to two, and finally down to one. That's right. And your unconscious may know that there is a deeper level of trance than the one you're currently at. And I ask it to take you there now, just noticing any experiences that you're experiencing. And because this is simply a taste of hypnosis, in a moment, I'm going to bring you back up. But before we do, I want to give your unconscious a little something to work with, a gift, perhaps. Whatever you may be struggling with, 
whatever your mind may be focused on in the weeks and in the months to come, you can find that your unconscious can help you to resolve that issue easily, maybe even effortlessly. Noticing that, it simply becomes easier as your unconscious works through and resolves that issue. That's right. And when your unconscious helps you with this issue, it can simply remind you that this hypnosis happened and make you perhaps a little more curious about your own mind and what you can do with that. And in a moment, I'm going to bring you back up to this experience wherever you are by counting up from one up to five. And when we get to five, all of those changes that you've made can install and come online to help you. Starting with one, can begin to start to come back to the surface on two, feeling excellent, feeling amazing, feeling three times as energized, as awake, as motivated as before you began, and wide awake, eyes open on five. Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that I can concentrate anymore on this. I I feel floaty. (laughs) I feel really like I'm floating. Wow. What you're you're describing right now is actually um, a well-documented hypnosis um, phenomenon called the um, hypnotic coda. And it's that one to three minutes after a hypnosis session where we kind of do feel a little fuzzy after we come back from that deep theta state back to, you know, waking reality. If anyone else listening is feeling that little bit of fuzziness, I congratulate you because that simply means you are in a really deep state. And I personally believe that anyone can go into hypnosis because we're all entering different types of trance all the time. And it's simply about allowing yourself to relax and to trust your hypnotist and really experience that hypnosis session. Yeah, we have access to that. And I've never experienced it before. I'm 40 (laughs) years old. I've never experienced that. It was like a real blissful feeling and the, I don't know where I was or what I was, what, what I, I can't, it was like your voice was in yeah. the back somewhere, um, but I could see these bright aquamarine sort of colours that were coming into my mm. eyes. It was just, it was, I felt just like I wasn't here for that, that time. It was just really, really nice. Absolutely. Hypnosis, <laughs> I often tell clients <laughs> who might be a little bit worried, you know, hypnosis is one of the, one of the best experiences that we can really enjoy. Oftentimes, oftentimes when working with anxiety clients, they would say that was the first time I felt truly relaxed in months or even years. Hypnosis is a really extremely relaxing state because it's all about that trust that you build with that hypnotist. And so that's why oftentimes in my client in my sessions, it's really about establishing that trust just as you would with a with a therapist and with a client. It's that same type of dynamic because that's really what the, hypno- the hypnotic trance is built on. 
Yeah, the way that you did that and your voice was just, it's just perfect for, for getting into that kind of <laughs> well, experience. Yeah, I i think you're, you're right. I don't, I, this is the first time we've spoken and I just I had that trust for you because I, I can just see that you are a very genuine person. You're passionate about helping people. I've seen some of the videos and things that you have on your Instagram. And if, if, if you didn't take part in that and you're listening right now, then scrub back and rewind and have a, have a go at that, especially if you are suffering with anxiety, because it would just give you that five minutes just as a, as a taste of how good life can be when, when you're doing that kind of thing. <laughs> Better Absolutely. than any drugs. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I agree. <laughs> hypnosis is, I mean, currently hypnosis is kind of experiencing a renaissance. It's kind of coming into um, the modern society a little more than it used to be. Um, I think a lot of those myths are starting to fall away as people realize, you know, there is over a century of science behind it. And it's really relaxing. It's starting to become much more common of a, of a tool that people can use. Yeah, because I was really surprised when you said that the research or that it was done in the, the some research was done in the 1950s. I was like, oh, I didn't. I thought it was quite like the 90s or something when hypnosis was first used. Yeah. Probably because that was when all the TV shows were around. But yeah, I didn't realize how much, <laughs> how long it had been going on for. Mm. Hypnosis has actually quite a long history. Um, the name hypnosis comes from the Greeks. The ancient in ancient Greece, they would build um, sleep temples to the god of sleep named Hypnos. And they would go into trances and do all kind of funky things. The really scientific uh, study of hypnosis began in the 1800s, around the 1850s. Um, I think the first, I think around the eight, I think around 1847 was the first time that it was recognized by a uh, by a nationwide health service. And now hypnosis is recognized by uh, the American Medical Association, the British Medical Association, uh, the American Psychological Association, the National Health Service, and quite a few other national health services as a legitimate science and it's not just some crackpot thing or some <laughs> mind control there's actually science behind it yeah and i know i've got friends actually have used it for even stopping smoking and it's been really successful in terms of improving their the health in loads of different ways but you mm -hmm. were like you just said if it's being supported by the health services where there's, there's government money that is being spent on it, then you know that it's going to work because they, they don't like spending their money on these kind of things. You know, <laughs> there's, no, there's no science behind it. That is uh, true. I actually know hypnotists who work exclusively um, in clinics, in dental offices, alongside doctors and nurses, whether it's about working without anesthesia, if someone is allergic to penicillin or uh, whatever they use for anesthesia. If someone is um, extremely nervous about a surgery, they also use it for nausea control and for improving immune function. So it's quite a flexible tool. Yeah, definitely. I love the fact that it is being used alongside um, some of the more modern treatments, especially a lot of these things are coming back, aren't they? Like we talked about meditation before. It's it's becoming more mainstream that people are talking about meditating every day and and, and it, but it's thousands of years old that was just it's just been left <laughs> behind and it's like you now I know that hypnosis was left behind uh, hundreds of years ago is absolutely I <laughs> um had it, had it not really been for that increased interest I don't think that I would have discovered that link between meditation and hypnosis and I mean aside from becoming my career it's helped me change so many different areas of my life I no longer really deal with that anxiety that I used to feel so often and um yeah, now I've reached that healthy weight and that binge eating that I used to do is no longer a problem. It's <laughs> yeah, it's quite a powerful thing. Yeah, definitely. It's something that I'm going to definitely explore more. And we have to be thankful, really, that you had that 
close to death experience that has, <laughs> has led you down this path and to where you are now doing what you do. Absolutely. I, yeah, I often say that um, we don't get the adventure that we wanted. We get the adventure that we needed. And um, in that time, I was searching for, you know, what I wanted to do with my life. And had it, had it not been for such a dramatic you know, moments in my life, I don't think I would have been ready to explore hypnosis. And a lot of people, they get to that point. They say, I've, I've tried everything. And, you know, it's, I'm to that point that I'm going to go in for weight loss surgery. And I want to try this one last thing before I, before I do this. And at first I was, you know, kind of insulted that people were using uh, hypnosis as kind of a last ditch effort. But I realized that it's actually working for our benefit because, when someone has agreed, you know, this is really the last ditch effort before a major life change, uh, they, are they are fully committed at that point and they're ready to make that change. And then the change is quite easy. Yeah, I guess they have to get to that point, don't they, where they really, really need it <laughs> for it to Absolutely. go there. But yeah. like you're saying, that, that's the best place to, to be at, ready and waiting for people to get there, isn't it? So, Absolutely. I We've mentioned your Instagram and there's videos on there. There's also links if somebody does want to contact you to set up a, a, a strategy meeting of, of where they want to go with it, isn't there? Mm -hmm. There is. My website is anywherehypnosis.com. Um, back when I started, I was one of the few hypnotists who was completely online. And so that's, that's where the name comes from. Uh, my Instagram as well, there's a bunch of free hypnosis audios on my IGTV. I believe my handle is Lose Weight Hypnosis. Brilliant. And again, those links will be in the episode notes for anyone that wants to um, have a little look. And I'm going to be going there myself for that 15 minute, <laughs> just testing that out. I want to experience what I just did it all over again. And so I'll be listening back to that. Before you leave the table, Doug, I ask everyone who joins me five quick fire questions. Are you happy to answer those? Absolutely. Let's go for it then. So if you were sat at the table with me right now, what would you be drinking? Oh, I usually drink water, just a simple, simple glass of water. Brilliant. Easily to please. There's always water around. <laughs> Dead or alive, pick three people you would dream of having a conversation with around the table. Oh, um, I'm, I'm going to show my, uh, you know, US roots. Uh, I, I'm a fan of history. And so I think I'd have a conversation with um, Abraham Lincoln and John F. Kennedy, two, F, two US presidents, and perhaps the current Dalai Lama. I think that would be a really interesting table. Yeah, it would. Very deep, meaningful conversations and so much to learn from those three people as well. <laughs> Should get a yeah. microphone there. Uh, you're at a dinner party table. What one song would you want to hear on the background music playlist? Oh, I... Alice's Restaurant. I forget the the actual name, but it's that, that or the artist, but it's that 12 minutes um, just kind of comedy routine. Um, I have a family tradition of listening to that at Thanksgiving once a year. And so that brings up a lot of good memories. And um, what's currently on your table? Ooh, a lot of hummus, actually. I've been getting into making hummuses of all different types. You know, the classic um, ranch hummus, curry hummus, just experimenting. Yeah, interesting. I had red pepper hummus last night, actually. That was really quite nice. different. And finally, what would you find to be the worst table habit? Hmm. I would say interrupting people. Uh, oftentimes, a conversation around the table is really, it's not about what's being spoken. It's really just about building trust and interacting with other people. And if someone is constantly interrupting, they're saying, my emotions are more important. And so more so than putting your elbows on the table, I think that's really what, uh, really a big issue. 
Yeah, definitely. It's symbolic, isn't it, joining around a table with people? Yeah, absolutely. So thank you very much for joining me uh, on Table Conversation. <laughs> and um, I'm sure there's so much for everyone to gain there. And I'm going to be looking into this more myself. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you to Doug for joining me at the table. I don't know about you, but I found that conversation so interesting. So much of it around food and tying in food with my emotions just resonated. And there's some work to be done there. And I'm telling you that mini hypnosis was so good. And I hope you joined in wherever you are. Of course, if you're driving, then I'm glad you didn't. Um, But if you rewind and go back to that and just enjoy that moment. It actually went on for a while after we'd recorded that chat. I kept going back to that serene feeling. And he said that was quite normal, that you could tap into that feeling for a while afterwards. You can find out more about Doug by checking out his Instagram. And there are heaps of free guided hypnosis on his YouTube channel. Links, of course, are in the episode notes. So like I said, lots of free content there. So you can have a real sample of different types of hypnosis. Just give it a try and see what you think. Be open to it. And if you want to connect with Doug, all of his details are through his Instagram page there. Well, that's it. It's time to pack everything away. That's it for this week's Table Conversation. If you want to connect with me and keep in touch, then you'll find me across all of your social media. I'll be wherever they'll have me, basically. At I am Craig Story, you'll find me there. I would love to deliver the next episode of Table Conversation and serve it up for you at the table. If you want that to happen easily, then click the little follow button wherever you're listening to the podcast right now. I'll be sat here at the table waiting for you that next time. Until then, goodbye. (laughs) 